Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is the Relax Running Podcast. I'm Tyson Popplestone. I just had a cool chat with Tara Palm. Tara Palm is in form as well. She's just got back from Launceston where she's busted out a, a 10K PB. I'm looking at her Instagram profile and I, I'm a, I think she's updated it. Her 10K PB is now 32 minutes and 12 seconds. She's also a 15 minute, 38, 5K girl, a 71 minute, 25 second half marathon girl. And uh, hey, just a good fun person to talk to. I've known Tara for years now. I first met her uh, briefly back in 2006 when I moved to South Australia to do some running. Uh, and then we both became sponsored on an Addy Runner Adidas program in about, it was like 2009 or 10. So we've sort of been associates a little bit here and there for, for quite a long time. But I reckon it's the first time I actually sat down with her for, for a bit over an hour and had a chat. It was a it was a really fun chat. I love these ones because we we get to we go down a few rabbit holes, but we also uh, I really pick her brain about. Um, I wanted to get specific with her about her training, the way she structures it. I wanted to ask her about her diet. I wanted to ask her about her gym programs. Uh, we get into gear a little bit, and uh, it was just an all round good chat. So hey, if you like it, throw a little bit of love. She is um, I was going to tell you her Instagram name, but it's just Tara Palm, Tara underscore Palm. So make sure you you jump over there. Shoot her a bit of love, give her a follow. Um, but guys, that's uh, that's about it from me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this one with the one and only Tara Palm. so forward to Launceston because um it's the second interstate race I've done all year and um I didn't think I'd get there only a week or so ago and I said to Izzy before like Izzy Jess Caitlin I've we've been really lucky in Adelaide this year we've been able to do a lot of racing against each other though so I said I'm just looking so forward to have you know being on a start line with you know 10 other you know 10 or more other women who are you know fantastic runners and it was a it was a great race um great day um the first K we went out like pretty, went out pretty fast and then settled a bit and um, managed to stay with the pace. And I was so surprised. I ran like a 30, over a 30 second PB in the end. And I'm like 35. I've been running for 22 years. Like it's not like I haven't been, you know, trying hard all this time. So I was over the moon. <laughs> it's been really crazy to see some of the um, numbers that people are putting up. Like I, I was, I had Stewie on here a few weeks ago and I said to him, I was like, mate, there's got to be some lockdowns more often because some of the uh, some of the times that people have just been whacking out there from not just Australia but but all around the world has has been super exciting. So did you have like did you have any idea what kind of shape you were in? Like had you had a chance to to have much of a shakeout in any other races leading up? I feel like my training's been going really well, and I felt like I've like I've, I felt like I've been training at that level. Um, I did a couple of five k's here in the lead up, and they kind of went all right, but didn't quite go as well as I would have as well as I would have liked. I did like a 16.10 and a 15.55 and I was happy with how I raced at Launceston. and it just felt like um, the race just clicked better, just clicked well for me and all just kind of, um, yeah, the training just kind, of, just kind of clicked in and I didn't really look at my watch while I was running the race. I just thought I was just racing. I was just trying to stay with the group and, um, yeah, thinking about, um, you know, my form and we had a really big pack. I was actually just trying to, like, not clip anyone and, get in the way of anyone and it was such a good race in that um there's not 
many races where like Jen Lacaz, she ran beautifully, very classy run, and she did um I think um about 32 flat and Shanae Diver was um just two seconds behind me in um 32 16. So we had like literally five women within you know, 80 metres of each other on the finishing straight. Like, that just doesn't happen very often. It's like the bars just, um, like you said, like there's so many good global performances and, like, within Australia and within South Australia as well, it's like the bars just rising, 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 and everyone's just getting better and better and better. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did – this is my fourth long session I've done, and um, a few, I think I came second in 2014 in um, 33 – 13 or so and yeah the standards just rising and rising and it's exciting <laughs> is it the um is it the same launceston race that's always been going on because i haven't raced there i reckon i raced there in maybe 2012 i reckon was the last yeah. year yeah it's the, it's the same, of course it's usually in june and um it's going to be in june again next year so if you can come down and have it <laughs> oh, yeah, i'd be i would i would hate to line up in that race these days i tell you what my little my little i've been in the gym trying to work on my man boobs so I think that <laughs> I'm trying to turn whatever's there into some pecs. So I don't know how good they're going to look in like a race singlet, but I'll have to mind you. Watch that six months away. Don't look good in a race singlet. <laughs> I just told my watch that's it. <laughs> so you you were second in the end. Oh, I was fifth in, on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so and you said okay. So Gen one in thirty two flat. Yes, what did you run? I ran thirty two fourteen. So it was um Jen Lacaz and Rose Davies. Um, we were all one big pack until about fifteen hundred to go, and then. Jen and Rose made a, made some big moves. Um, Izzy gave Izzy gave them chase, and um, Sinead did as well. And so, so Jen has won. Um, from Rose Davies, um, then Izzy, Bat Doyle, then myself, and then Sinead. <laughs> and then there were even more great runners, like not that far behind us as well. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell! It's so it's so good. I um I bumped into I don't know if you know Al Fahler, the the Melbourne. He's he's. Been- uh, yeah, yeah I do. looking 42, I reckon. I reckon he's about 42, Italian dude. Yeah, I do, I do, I do, yeah, I know. Right, best bloke in the running scene. We were, we always yeah. run the same circuit here in Melbourne, but in opposite directions, and I bumped into him, and he was giving me the rundown on, like, the Monday before the race on who was running, and I was so excited. And then I don't know what happened in my head. I just forgot all about it until I, I started messaging you. And, yeah. Because uh, the guys' field was pretty loaded as well. The guys' field was loaded as well. Yeah, Jack Brainer, Jordy Williams, Liam Adams. Yeah, and there was half marathons on as well. So I sort of – it was kind of like Zadapek but on the road. <laughs> yeah. So who won the guys' race? It was Robbo, uh, wasn't Jack, it? Jack Brainer and Robbo won the half marathon for the men's. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And Do you know what up, Jack ran? I can't remember the exact time. It was 28 – Nothing, but don't 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 quote me on that. <laughs> yeah, and I saw Jess's face. Jack won pretty like Jack won pretty comfortably. Um, he did some like strong front running, yeah, from Jordy and Liam, and yeah, just Jess Denson came second in the half from the Canadian who lives in Melbourne, Andrea. I'm not sure how you say her surname, but Secophone, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. How did how did Jess end up? What what did Jess run? Because I saw she ran like a 72 minute. In Adelaide, yeah, she ran seventy-two. She ran seventy-two in Launceston as well, and I think that was um, the all of course, it was the first time we were able to race interstate. So it was a first interstate race since um having Billy. Yeah, yeah. no, that's a it's a great. It'd be a weird vibe because my wife, we've just had like a little. Yeah, I, thought I had a little stalk through your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> just to catch up. 
a little baby boy, Charlie. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. little Charlie. <laughs> so I've got like a, a new respect just having to like rub shoulders with Jesse here. Just to to see that Jess is back in yeah. back on board, busting out some good half marathons is, is super exciting. Because uh, I was I was picking her brain a little bit on Jess's behalf just before because uh, Jesse had like a, a C section as well, and I was yeah. like, mate, however anyone runs after getting that procedure done, I'm I'm so impressed. So. There's um I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to pass those results on to, to my Jessie yeah just to, to get her out and inspired to uh to get into some of these longer runs again because I reckon if I was in her position I'd be using every excuse under the sun to be like mate had a C-section I'm not running again for six months I'm putting my feet up but, yeah, uh, yeah uh-huh. little Jessie yeah. Trengo puts me to shame so how's the training and stuff been going over your way then you said yeah it sounds like you're in pretty good form on the training yeah. track if you yeah, expected uh-huh. to bust a good time out. Yeah, I think I'm in like lifetime best shape, which 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 is exciting. And um, this year, like um, my sort of my the kind of the motto I've sort of set set for like 2020 was just like seize whatever opportunities I can because it's been like a, you know, obviously with coronavirus, it's been a year of sort of setting plans, changing plans, readjusting. So, um, I was really fortunate in 2019 it feels like 2019 was so long ago now but it's only like last year does it it's like, so yeah so I did the Melbourne um half marathon in 2019 and um I qualified for the world half marathon um so initially that was going to be my goal for 2020 doing the world half marathon championships but um then obviously you know the coronavirus like meant that we couldn't that we couldn't go but um it's kind of been in some ways it's been a like not like like you said everyone's so ready to go right now um in some ways like just being forced to like you know well being fortunate to stay in Adelaide really has just given me a year to focus on my training um and that's been a really good thing I've just got some good uninterrupted training blocks in um we've been lucky in Adelaide that with all the good runners like in Adelaide we have some you know really good runners here Jess Denson, Caitlin Adams, Izzy Bat-Doyle and um with Adelaide Harriers I have a like a really like great training squad so I've just been able to really get some consistency in um I'm like I mean I probably started running a similar time to you like I think the first time I met you was um maybe mid-2000s yeah um, Yep. Yeah, so I guess like I feel like now I'm older, I've sort of like learned what's worked better with my training and my recovery and um yeah, it seems to be working and I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny how um how things change because obviously so I, I moved to Adelaide after after year twelve. Um so that yep. was yeah, two thousand and six. And just yeah. coincidentally so I, I Yeah, I just started training yeah. with Sean yeah. Crichton. Like Sean yeah. Crichton was coaching me. And uh, yeah, coincidentally, so Adam Diddick was coached by Sean Crichton as well. So I was moving to Adelaide and I was like, I have no idea who anyone is over here. And Sean's like, mate, there's a, a bloke here who's he's 25, like he was six years older. So I, I started training with Adam and started training with, with Danny Matner, obviously yeah. before Danny yeah. went overseas. So in my head, like when I think of Adelaide distance running, I think of us three running around the the, <laughs> the uni loop and then to see like to chat to Jess and chat to Adam and just see how how their group's going and then like not to I, I know nothing about sort of Flinders and stuff just because it was just a different world when I was there but there's some serious quality athletes running around yeah. there now Adelaide's loaded man and it's, it's it funny how it's um it's weird because I, I don't know if this is still true or if, whether it's slowly being sort of changed but when 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 I was younger I used to think of like the distance running hub being Melbourne yeah but I reckon, honestly, if I had my time again, the low-key vibe that Adelaide offers, yeah. you, guys are, you guys are in a pretty sweet place for, for your training and stuff, hey? 
It is, yeah. It's a good city. Um, we have, you know, the whole city surrounded by parklands. Um, there's good trails. It's easy to get from A to B. We've got, like, good, like, sort of hilly runs like Belair, and I do most of my Sunday runs out at Kaipo Forest. So, yeah, we have, like, just great places to train. Yeah, I think I remember, like, first sort of meeting you more, like, when you're in – do you go to Ballarat after Adelaide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember, um, like, this must have been, I don't know, like, were you there in 2008 or so? <laughs> yeah, I I moved from – so I was only in Adelaide for, like, probably just under a year. What was that, 2006? And th- yeah, I was, I was. So 2007, I moved over to Adelaide to train, train with Rod Griffin and yeah. like uh, Collis's group. Just obviously, I, I thought uh, I was seeing the quality. And Adam used to talk about how good a group it was, and I was a little bit homesick, like from Melbourne. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind just getting a bit closer to home and and do the uni life experience, just so I can go over and do some training there. So yeah, I was in Ballarat from like 2007 to maybe 2010 or 11. Yeah, mm-hmm. when yeah. was that that we saw each other? Yeah, I think that year I was coached by. Do you remember Gary Zuna? He still coached. Yeah. I was with Gary Zuna and Gary used to like love getting us to do like sort of road trips over to Victoria. So I think I came over and did a, like a track race in Ballarat. Um, I think it might have been, you must have been with Rob Griffin's group and then I think I went for a long run with you like after yes. track race. Yeah, and you got a great uh, and That's right. And yeah. came on like, like so he used to like run to the track and he did like this 5K with me, which I was like, oh my gosh, Monaghetti. <laughs> This is like, oh, yeah. I remember, like, meeting you there. Then I think I met you again, like, the Addy Runner program. That's part of that. Yeah. That's right. Jane Miles and, yeah. So what year were you on the Addy Runner program? Oh, this is bringing back so many memories for me now because I was actually trying to – I was one of the first on it. Yeah. 2008, 9, all the way through to, I think, about 13, 14. Yeah. It was such a yeah, it was such a good program. That's that's so true. It's yep. sort of like a, a, a part of my running career. No, I, I didn't forget about it, but I, I sort of forgot because Jess Jess was a part of that as well for a couple yeah. of years, I remember. And I think she dropped that in the podcast the other day when we were chatting or, or just in a conversation. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I completely forgot there was so many Adelaide crew uh, in there as well. Jane Miles had um she was a bit of a good like talent scout with picking talent. So I'm um, like Jess Denson was on it, Chloe Ty, I think. A few others, like Millie Clark might have been, Liam Adams. Yeah, there's some good runners. <laughs> yeah. Are you still running for Adidas? Um, no, I'm, I'm completely unsponsored now. I just do my own, <laughs> buy my own shoes and my own things. I, um, I, I um, like Steigen, like send me some socks and stuff and I love that. I love their socks. But, yeah, other than that, just do my own thing. <laughs> Surely they come knocking at your door if you keep busting out time for that long system. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that'd be nice <laughs> it is funny the distance running scene i think it's um it's it's sort of a funny vibe i guess because it doesn't attract a whole heap of media attention really it's yeah. it, it is strange because if you were like if if you're in the afl scene for example and you were running or you're the equivalent of an athlete in the afl yeah. to what you are you'd be on you'd be on i don't want to dampen your spirits but it, it always frustrated me when yeah. i would look at an afl bloke who was like all right you're a decent player but compared to some of the blokes that i'm running with mate like you're not you're not that good an athlete. I know, like, you know, how hard I work and how hard, like, all, you know, all my competitors and, all, all, you know, we train so hard as well. And it's because it's an individual sport, you know, you can't, you, if, if you're in a team sport, of course, they, they, they're professional, they train to a high level, but, you know, there's nowhere to hide in a, in a, in a you know, on the, especially on the track. Like, yeah, you're completely accountable. So, yeah. But, but it is what it is. I guess the, I mean, the, 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 the flip side is that, you know, probably makes us more balanced people and that, you know, 
you know, we have proper jobs. Most of us have proper jobs outside of our running and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you working full-time? Um, I actually, the last um, the last um, two years or so, I made the decision to um, to just, like, dial back my work a little bit. So I was, um, like, working as a um, secondary school teacher, but I've decided the last couple of years I've just been doing more, like, sort of smaller contracts and relief teaching. So I'm still working, but more of a part-time capacity the last couple of years because I figured um, I'm a bit older. I'm 35 if I want to run some more PBs and have a real crack and I'm really, you know, travelling, racing and doing the running thing. I need to, um, if that's my number one goal, then I need to dial back the work a little bit. And I think that's been something that's helped to contribute to um, to why I'm running well at the moment, having a bit more time to recover. So still working, but more part-time. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I reckon the, the relief teaching world's a good world to be. <laughs> I played that game for a couple of years yeah. as well because I got the primary, secondary teaching degree uh, and... I, I love the flexibility of it because yeah. so so my wife she's a she's a high school teacher or she was yeah. before she had little Charlie she's putting her feet up for a little while well she's not, yeah. not really she's got <laughs> <mom> <laughs> life, yeah. I hope she doesn't listen mom, to this podcast yeah, being a parent is twenty yeah it's... <laughs> <laughs> putting your feet up she's like slap <laughs> <laughs> she, that's right so I'm going to recommend she doesn't listen to this episode I get myself in trouble I um no she, she the other day she went out with her mum for the day and she goes you're right to look after Charlie I was like of course anyway she got home I'm like oh babe. I've got this new appreciation, like take them, I've got to go to bed. It's tough. <laughs> yeah. So how many, how many days a week are you working? Are you sort of just playing it by ear with the, with the relief, just whenever you need a bit of cash? Um, it's a little bit, it, it's, I mean, with relief, it's not really consistent. So some weeks I have big weeks, some weeks I have small weeks. I've, I was lucky enough to pick up, um, um, I picked up a contract teaching um, some year 11 biology at the end of this year. So that was sort of sunset hours and then um, relief teaching on top of that. And I haven't taken on anything fixed next year. I'll just be doing relief teaching. And if contracts and things come up and they fit okay with my training, then yeah, I'll take, I'll take them on as well. <laughs> yeah. You're a science girl, hey? Yeah. Science. Yeah. I did nutrition dietetics before I did teaching and then, um, and then went into teaching and, and <laughs> PJ and I have a joke that almost like it's, you, you know, if you have to like guess a distance runner's profession, it's always teaching or physiotherapy. Like, yeah, and it's, so, true. it's so it's true. true. Yeah, yeah. PJ watches. I'm my partner, and um, yeah, he's an electrician, so he thinks he's he, he thinks he's a little bit special being a trainer and a runner. He's always like, oh, but all you all you other runners don't understand. You're all physios and teachers, and you just you know you sit on your bums all day, which of course, <laughs> of course, of course is not true. That's just his profession, but certainly not on the tools like he is and Lee Adams is. But yeah. <laughs> Man, it's a, it's so funny. I um actually I forgot you and PJ. I forgot you and PJ were were a couple. I haven't spoken to PJ. It was weird again because I say that I, I was so caught up in in my little crew in Adelaide. There's so many people like this. I just didn't spend enough time chatting with. But yeah. I've heard. I've Pretty heard yeah, I see him enough and I, I know enough to, to know he loves banter and I always get on well with blokes who love a bit of banter. So at def- he actually, when you said that, that he dishes it out to, to people who just, uh, you know, lay low during the week and just get out and run. It sounds like, do you know Nath Hardigan in Ballarat? I think he was a plumber or a sparky or something. I don't, just like the ultimate hard trainer as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a few. Yeah, yeah. There's not that many trading runners, I guess. But yeah, how's, it was, how's PJ going? Is he still getting out for a for a race and a run? Or I, can, I can imagine it's just in his blood now. Like he'll be a, he'll be a runner for everyone. I'd, I'd belt him in a race right now. But. <laughs> He, he'd, he'd beat me over like um anything, anything a kilometre and below he'd, he'd beat me easily but um he's still getting up for rounds and he's still keeping fit which is good but um his competitive days are probably a little bit behind him but he still like sort of joins me for my hour jogs which is good and enjoys getting out and um 
Yeah, so he's, he's doing well. <laughs> How old's PJ? He's 40. <laughs> Is he really? He's just yeah. That, yeah, wow. Yeah. It's <laughs> so funny. I hope he doesn't mind that reaction. Mind you, I'm catching him slowly. I'm 33. Now. It is funny. Like, I, sorry That's to get so crazy. sentimental, but to rewind the clock and think back to 2006, it, it doesn't feel, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that long ago. It, yeah, so yeah, it, say, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. Because <laughs> I think Adam Reddick is, is, I mean, he's fun. just ticked over 40 now as well, which I, yeah, I haven't given him enough of a hard time about. I'm not sure if he's quite 40 yet. I know he's a teeny bit younger than PJ, but yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He's um. This is going to be the only time I ever get to beat him in a race, I think. So I'm going to have to maybe take you up on this this June offer next year and try and get both of those boys yeah. in a in a yeah. state of, of hopefully great. not too much fitness, just so I can. I, I don't know because PJ did he he belted out some pretty quick times over 1500 back in the day, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. I think his best were probably um like fifteen. Okay, three forty eight. Yeah, pretty good, pretty handy. I remember, I remember when I was over there lining up on a couple of races and looking across at him and going, "Oh mate, this is." I think I was trying to break four <laughs> minutes, and I knew, I knew some of the times he had next to his name. And I was thinking, "Oh gee, this is going to be a, this is going to be a good workout." And it certainly, it was always nice watching him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's a very yeah. He had a lot of good leg speed. <laughs> yeah. So, mm. so with your training, are you like who's coaching you? Who are you? I know you said you're training with the Harry, the Harriers, hey? Yeah, I train with Adelaide Harriers. Um, I sort of I. Do my own thing a little bit and join in with the Harriers. So um, I write my own programs with PJ Bosch and um, have like a, just a good crew at the Harriers who I just join, who I join in with, who I join in with a bit. Yeah, and um, I sort of came to that. So I've had like a few coaches over the years, and um, I actually I've had like um, I had a lot of injuries. Um, so I had s- surgery on my Achilles, left Achilles in 2012, my right Achilles in the start of end of 2015 to 2016 and um with a lot of sort of like injuries and things like that I just kind of started doing my own thing after those and then just kind of kept going with writing my own programs with um with PJ and I have like some people who I you know talk with and bounce ideas off kind of thing so I kind of really do my own like PJ and I do my own coaching (laughs) yeah yeah it's nice I reckon I I found the same thing like as I started to to get a little bit towards the end of my career I um well Adam coached me for the last year but I, I remember sort of I was flirting with the idea of of after leaving Rod whether I, I wanted to continue and I was thinking oh like I know Adam was a he's a good mate of mine and I was thinking oh, it'd just be good to have someone who's close to home who understands you a little bit help yeah. prepare the program but I definitely think at that stage I started to get a, a pretty good gauge of what I needed in the program and it's funny after as you said you've been running for 22 years you sort of start to know what works and what doesn't after yeah. after a little bit of time, don't you? Like, have there yeah. been, have there been would... any big differences you've made with your program in comparison to what you've done with, with other coaches or probably, is it? Probably just I think as I've got older, probably um, putting more emphasis on, like, making sure that I recover. So, uh, I mean, for me, I find um, the last couple of years I've gone to doing two se- two main sessions a week in a long run. And when I was younger, I used to do three sessions a week. Um doing my easy runs a bit slower. Um, I've sort of been moving up in distance a bit more the last couple of years, so a bit more, a um, little bit, I still do like some fast work in my program, but probably a little bit more emphasis on um, sort of tempo type work within there. So it's really been, um, and, and I'm still, you know, running like you're always, you're always learning. <laughs> it, never, it, 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 ne- it never stops. So probably just as, as compared to what I did when I was younger, probably just, refining things yeah more emphasis on um the recovery because I think like 
the training you put in, it's only as good as, you know, the recovery and that allows the adaptation to the training. I think that's something I probably didn't do quite so well when I was younger. I was always just, I was just, you, you know, you, th- you, you have some success, you think you do more, you're going to go better. And it's more complicated than that. Like in that you, you have to find that, you know, that sort of equilibrium spot where, um, where you, you're stressing your body enough to adapt, but you're recovering from it as well. So yeah, it's been ongoing learning. And I think, um, I mean, I've, I wouldn't have been able to like sort of, I, I mean, I reckon, I think the best thing like for people, you know, new to sport is to, you know, you, you need a coach, you need to learn from someone. But having said that, because I've sort of just been in it for a long time now and yeah, it's, it seems to be working well. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned recovery. I, I feel like athletes that I speak to have been in the sport for a little while now, and my, I throw myself in this category it's always on reflection. You look back and realize that, well, I, I won't speak for everyone, but I was always the bloke who was, as long I was always happy to hammer myself. I was always happy to go hard. I was always happy to push myself a little bit further. But when it came to having a rest day, I always was like, oh, I, I just didn't quite get my head. I, I knew practically what people said the benefits were, but just trying to trying to actually understand that idea on a on a, like a real, what do you say? Um, I don't know what the word I'm trying to do is. I always felt like I was cutting myself short a little bit. And it wasn't until I was older and started to, to deal with, you know, I had a couple of stress fractures and a couple of little niggles and um, even just a couple of rolled ankles and stuff that I was like, all right, the only way that this particular rolled ankle is going to get better is if I, you know, I, I give it a little bit of time, put it up for a couple of days and then get back yeah. into it. And it was it was after like a couple of recovery periods that I started to, to incorporate that a little more into my program. Like at the end of the season, I always loved to, um, and, and this was, I don't know if I would do this again if I had my time again, but I would, I would take like a two weeks completely off, like do nothing but, you know, eat jelly babies and, and ice cream and just give myself a chance just to forget about running and, and, and just to enjoy some, some sleep-ins and some normal life. Like when you say you, you became more focused on recovery, were there, were there any real key features that you started to uh, prioritize? Um, probably just, um, I think, like simple, like just simplifying things and sort of realizing that, you know, my training is only as good as my sort of overall, as only as good as my overall health. So if you're not, like, I think something I didn't used to do well is I used to sort of like really like burn like both ends. So like, you know, with like career and work and um, training and um, whereas I think now, like the last few years, I've been like, no, my focus is running. Um, and that's probably allowed me to sort of just simplify my thinking and, um, um, you know, it's okay to have naps. It's okay to like, it's okay to rest. I don't need to be constantly doing something and always pushing as hard as I can. So, yeah. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. It, it is really funny. I, I feel like there's definitely a reputation in the distance running scene to, as there's a, a, a definite element of OCD involved with training and yeah. with just making sure you're getting every single little part out of yourself for, for training. So yeah, that's, um, that makes a lot of sense. About the probably like just learning to be more intuitive to myself, which I think I used to sort of like ignore, like, you know, some of the warning signs of like overtraining. Whereas I think as probably 20 years, I think I've, I mean, I'm not perfect at it, of course, but like, I think like my sort of intuition of like when, you know, when I push the limit, I just need to have a day off or when when you know I have a niggle that's a little bit beyond the niggle and I just need to yeah like you know have a week off rather than turning it into an injury and having like six weeks off so I think I've got a little bit better at that because I am I'm a little bit more of an injury prone athlete I think I've got better at sort of reading 
reading my body's like warning signs and yeah knowing when to back off and when it's okay to you know push a little bit as well <laughs> yeah it is funny i feel like um and that's this is something really I, individual <laughs> it, it really is yeah is. i know yeah. what you mean but i, I laugh with jesse my I, I keep thinking i'm re- i keep thinking everyone thinks i'm referring to jess trengo but when i say my yeah, Jessie, yeah. Um, you know what i'm talking about yeah, um, and it, it's so funny watching her because obviously she's relatively new to she, she doesn't run competitively but she runs just to try and maintain a little bit of fitness yeah. and uh so <laughs> she might I find this hilarious. She might go out and get a massage, like a deep tissue massage, and then she'll go out the next day and she'll be like, oh, babe, I think I've injured myself. Like, I'm just sore everywhere. I go, no, no, sweetie, I'm pretty sure that's your deep tissue massage that you had yesterday. And I find it hilarious because after years of trying to monitor what different pains mean and whether a a certain pain is serious or not, I I feel similar to you. Like, I've got a really good gauge of what needs to be paid attention to and what is just uh, pain from a deep tissue massage. Yeah. uh, But it is a real learning curve, isn't it? And it wasn't until I saw Jessie complain about the pain that she had that I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, this isn't just a natural thing that people have. Like, that that intuition is, uh, like, obviously it's there, but it it sort of does need to be developed over years of trial and error, doesn't it? I mean, some people just seem to, like, (laughs) I probably, have taken longer to learn it than most people <laughs> but you know some people just seem to like get it really well like when they're quite new to training and others like me sort of take a long time to yeah <laughs> take a long time to learn it <laughs> so you said you did you only get started in the sport in 2006 um no i started in 99 <laughs> oh, well yeah actually you know what you've already established the fact that you've been doing it for 20 20 years that's just poor maths on my behalf so it was just <laughs> 2006 was when when we first met, yeah not when you first yeah, started yeah. training I probably I, I improved a lot like around that time and yeah and that was when like you came to Adelaide so I started when I was in high school and yeah competed all through high school and yeah and I, I, I love it and I, yeah I feel like I still love it as much as I did if not more like it's really um you know you, you learn you can learn so much from it you meet so many people you travel to so many places and you really you know it teaches you about yourself and you build your character as well and yeah there's there's so much I love about it mm-hmm. yeah one of the things I was interested in picking your brain about a little bit, and I'm just fascinated to hear from different athletes what they do. And if there's one thing that most listeners, I think, get out of this podcast, it's just hearing the way that athletes structure their training in terms of, um, I mean, it can it can take any direction that you like. But, but a few of the things that I'm super interested in asking you about is, uh, so obviously you mentioned briefly some of the ways that you structure your training sessions have changed but, and recovery. But in terms of things like... Uh, diet and gym work and and sleep and just outside of the track little things that you do to um keep you focused keep you keep you in the zone keep you i guess getting too attached to the the sort of lows and the highs that come along with a sport like this are there are there any um i don't want to say rules but are there any sort of just general principles that you go by like are you on a strict diet i know you said you come from a diet background are you on a it's hard to tell with distance athletes because they all just look super ripped and fit and ready to go. So I'm, I don't know if that's just like great diet or just a lot of running. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not on a strict diet. I think my my my, focus, my my food is like I love food and I eat to enjoy my food and to fuel and to fuel my running. So I try and eat well most of the time, but I still have like if I want if I want to have something, I I have it. So I really yeah eat to fuel like my running and I love my food and. I think it's just important to have a, you know, a good, healthy relationship with, yeah, with your body and the food that you eat. So I'm not really strict at all. But having said that, I mean, I try and eat like a good, well-balanced diet and try and do, try and eat like well most of the time, but I still have treats. I still go out and enjoy myself as well because food's 
social and you know, I value that too. Um, Sorry, I'm in a bad habit of throwing out 15 questions at once. So if you're forgetting what it was that I've asked you, that is not your fault. I was going to go through, and I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with a bloke called James Nestor, and uh, he actually wrote an awesome book. I think it's called it's called Breath or, or something. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's been doing podcasts for, he's actually a journalist by, by, by trade, and he was on here, and he said to me, he's like, oh, usually I'm the one doing the interview, so it's really strange to be in the, the interview yeah. seat. So yeah. I, was, I was asking him questions, and every now and then I would sort of, I would see him like look away like this, like look away from the camera, and I was like, oh, crap, have I lost him? And I'd get to the end of the question, he'd be like, all right, Tars, you've asked four questions there, so I was just taking a note of what, and I was like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. And as I was asking that question to you, I was like, Oh, here we go. I've just asked the poor girl 15 questions. I wonder how she's going to go here. So essentially what I wanted to do with you was go through each of those elements of your yeah. of your training and your preparation and just, just pick your brain a little bit. So yeah. to make your job simpler, can we start with your actual training and yeah. ask you just a little bit of – if you're giving away secrets, don't feel like you have to, but just interested to, no, to no. <laughs> one of the things that you said that I liked was that you changed your, your three sessions a week to, to two sessions a week. and. That's the Australian well. distance circuit is a sucker for the three session yeah. a week. I feel like there's more people going for two now, but like particularly like, I mean, you know, back when like we, when we were running, when you were running more and, you know, when 2000 is like everyone was doing three a week. And I like the two because it means that there's never like two hard days in a row. So I do my sessions on Tuesday and Friday and then the long run on Sunday. So they're sort of the three like pillars of the week. Um, and all the other days are kind of, you know, just long, just recovery, recovery miles kind of thing. And that's worked really well. So my sessions are usually um, one of my sessions is like a longer session. So that might be, you know, threshold or tempo, depending on what my goals are at the time, what the time of year is. Another session I would like to sort of connect with my, um, like with my leg speed a little bit more. So I do a longer session and a shorter session and um, the Sunday long run and they're sort of with the Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, there's always like a day or two days between those hard parts of the week, which works well for me. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And with your Sunday long run, like what distance are you getting out to with that? Um, usually between, um, usually about um, an hour 40 to two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. And then what your first <laughs> session back up at? The last year I've got up to the hills for my long run, which has been really nice as well. <laughs> up in Belair. Yeah, more so Kaipo Forest. Yeah, I just find. Where's Kaipo Forest? So when, when yeah. I was there, we were still running around Belair. I, I don't know if I ever ran up. To yeah, it. I've done a, lot, done a lot of running around Belair. Yeah, um, Kaipo Forest is um, it's more it's it's south, so kind of like meadows kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, kind of almost stretches. Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. Yeah, no, awesome. And what you just you, you feel is that it's taken a little bit of stress off your legs, just that that space between you. So you're you've got your long run on the Sunday, and then is your first session back the the Tuesday, Tuesday. still? Yeah, and then Thursday or a Saturday? And then Friday. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, Tuesday, Friday. Tuesday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah, for the two sessions and long run. Yeah, yeah. And, and the and the other day, uh, I do it's. I've just bought doubles back in just the last couple, just the last couple of months before that I was doing all singles. So I do, um, I do doubles. I'm trying to do doubles on my session days just as a really slow sort of five minute K pace shakeout um, on the session days. And um, and I sometimes get one other double in there on a day like Wednesday, something like that. I like to go into my sessions with easy day. My easiest days are Monday and Thursday, the days before my sessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then on the, the mornings of your sessions that, 
that shakeout run is is what just purely to get the blood moving around a little bit and yeah yeah pressure. so some, sometimes I'm fortunate like with because my work's I've backed up my work so I've um, been pretty fortunate I've been able to train in the mornings often on Tuesday and um, Friday so then I just do it I do my second run in the evening so it's just yeah just literally get the legs moving again it's pretty it's pretty really slow <laughs> yeah. and that's all, that's all right <laughs> nah, awesome yeah it is it is funny actually because. That was one of the, the cool things, even as a bloke who's been involved in the sport for so long, one of the cool things I got just with from chatting to Stu was I was asking him about the pace that he runs his easy runs at. He's yeah. Like, Dude, I have no idea. I was like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I, he's like, I rarely run with a watch. He's like, I might be running five minutes. I might be running five and a half minutes. I just don't look. My, my goal is just to get out and spin the legs over a little bit. And it's, it's easy. I used to, I don't know what my issue was. I think it was just because I was so competitive. I would yeah. get like I would get my Garmin out, and then one day I might be cruising along at like three fifties, feeling yeah. fantastic. So the next day, if I was cruising along at four fifteens and it felt a bit more of an effort, I was always like, "Oh no, what's going on?" And it was almost like a, a challenge to to match the pace that I was running. The yeah, day before. I used to be like that too. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I, I I actually really enjoy running slow. I think like mentally, I like doing my easy days really easy because then it allows me to sort of go into my sessions with enough energy to like mental energies as well as physical to sort of do my sessions and you know run like three minute you know three minute k pace or whatever it is i've got planned for the plan for the session like sort of running like 450s and nice and cruisy five minutes even on my easy days is yeah it it allows me to just recharge <laughs> yeah it was all it was interesting to me i used to love it oh, it used to be more of an eye opener when i would see athletes who were better than me go out for a run and run at a pace that was just so much slower than what i would usually run for my easy pace, I was thinking, what are you doing? And then after, you know, not too long of just seeing some good results getting thrown down on, on race day, these guys would go, mate, like, it's so easy to to be the hero of a, a training track. And and there's so many people, that, and, and I've been that bloke a hundred times before, where I would go out and I'd do a session, and it would be like an awesome session. Yeah. And, finish, and I was like, I'm in such a form. Yeah. It didn't really translate, because I think the, the work that I was putting in on the track, for whatever reason, um, it was it was it was probably pretty much where I was really at rather than getting to race day and being like, all right, now it's time to step it up. It was always like, oh, no, that, okay, that's about where yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a good philosophy just to have like that, like just train a little bit below like what you what you can, sort of the fourth gear. It's um, it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, a, I got a mate and he was a, he was a bodybuilder, but he had a, like this is the, this is the wussiest story and also he's probably listened to this as well, so I shouldn't say it's a wussy story, but he's a, he's a bodybuilder. He's a, he was a, big big boy and uh he was just like i would stand next to him and be embarrassed about just what i look like anyway he was that ripped that a couple of years ago he was playing tennis and he went to serve the ball and he he served but like the strength of his muscle overpowered the strength of his bone yeah and his whole his whole is it this is your humorous isn't it this one yeah yeah he's, he's humorous it just snapped completely oh. snapped and um the people up the other side of the court thought he just let go of his racket and the racket had smacked into the ground because it was that loud. Oh, anyway, he, a- um, <laughs> he, yeah, so he completely snapped it. He went in, had his uh, arms and stuff just, you know, all stuck back together. That's a yeah. long, long story based on the fact that I wanted to tell you something he taught me the other day that I thought yeah. was just such a good attitude <laughs> to take into running. We were standing down at our morning to Peninsula in the beach. And he was saying that back when he was doing his bodybuilding, one of the mistakes that so many bodybuilders make is they they try and sort of annihilate their muscles. Like they'll go and they'll smash themselves so hard that it's it's really hard to repair that damage that has been done in the gym session. And uh, he said that uh, like one of the bodybuilders he used to look up to operated by a, a motto, which is just like stimulate your muscles rather than annihilate them. 
So he'd Plus go again. in and he would, he would like he would get a bit of a pump going, like he would still lift big weights or whatever, but he would never finish a session on his hands and knees vomiting or whatever. And I, I do a little bit of work with footy clubs um, on the running side of things, and they're the yeah. ultimate culprits. But I know yeah. the distance running scene, there's a whole lot of annihilating yourself that's going on, which is, uh, I reckon, a pretty quick... Yeah, when you see footy players take up running and they just have that go hard or go home, it's, like, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not sustainable. You mean um, the, like, my... I do a lot of sessions with them, like one guy called Brian Nichols, who's so like, oh, just because we can doesn't mean we should. Like, so, yeah. like to sort of finish the session, like, you're, you, there's another saying, like, if you, you know, if someone you, with your last graph, if someone said, oh, you know, there's a hundred bucks if you do another one faster or however much, like, you could if you needed to, like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. So you always finish feeling like, like, sort of satisfied with your session and like you've worked hard, but if you had to, you could do, you could do a bit more, like, and that's what you like. You know, that's what you leave for race day. <laughs> yeah, it's so, and it's a better feeling, I think. If you can, yeah. once you get past the fact that you're not as exhausted as you know you could have made yourself, yes. like when you can come home, you know you've got a good session in your legs. You, yeah, you hit your times or you were close to your times, um, and you didn't. Yeah, you didn't. That's you didn't chase right. that bait of that one last rep that's a little bit yeah. faster. Or do what I was the king of. If I had eight four hundreds and I felt half okay for the last one, I was like, all right, I'm going to run this one in fifty five. And everyone's yeah. like, come on, stop being a dickhead. Like, just it's try and <laughs> just get through it and feel good, mate, because you're going to thank yourself tomorrow. But my bloody ego was too big. And I just love filling out my training diary with 55 as the last rep. Yeah. The fact that I, uh, I fell for that trap too many times. I, I, but I'm, I'm guilty of that too. I need to, I, I was just, yeah, I need to, I need to dial back more than, yeah, more than push, push harder <laughs> in my training. Well, even still, or have you, you've got that a bit more nailed these days? Even, even still, but like, I think I've got better and I'm like setting up my session so that I sort of hold myself back so um like I'll sometimes with the sessions that we that we set like I'll say you know this part has to be done at this pace or this has I'll I'll, I'll set measures so that it has to that it controls the session in some way so I'm not just belting myself yeah yeah no that, that's awesome that's because it is it's so much easier to talk about this stuff than it yeah I, isn't it? When, I was, when I was younger like um, I used to and sort of set the sessions is just like every like whatever I was doing was just hard whereas now um I'm doing my longer work, like, you know, I'll set sessions where if it's a tempo session, it's a tempo session. That'll be about 340 pace for me. If it's a threshold, it won't be faster than, you know, 320 pace. If it's if it's, I'll, if it's it's K reps, I'll set times that I want to do my K reps in and they usually, I'll set times a, a little bit within sort of within what I can do. Yeah, so I think it's also like structuring the training. If you're someone who is prone to overtraining in a way that like stops you from, that stops you from sort of belting everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's good. Hey, I've just seen that watch on your wrist, and it's funny. I had uh, Craig Smith, one of the <laughs> one of the, the great men of the relaxed riding community, said to me the other day. He posted a message just asking about different watches that people are into, and I realised quickly that I need to catch up with the oh. with the world of gear. I, I feel yeah, like sure. not only, yeah, not only do it's I like not recognize it's four years old, but you get really attached to your watch. Hey, like. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> it's so true, and I forgot. I, it's so embarrassing. You should see the. Um, I think I've just given it to the op shop. I, I don't. I'm looking around. I can't see it. It's usually on the bench. I'm pretty sure I packed it. We're about to move the, move out of this house. That's why it's a little bit chaotic. But um, I uh, for years, about four years, I've been running this turquoise girls watch which is i'm pretty sure it was like the second garmin that ever came out it's yeah it, honestly it's not doing me any favors with anyone yeah. when i run past them wearing that watch but yeah. i've i've uh i've completely lost touch with what a really good quality watch is or what athletes are running so what one have you got on your wrist there do you know I'm, what it's called I'm, I'm not the person to come to my garmin is like four years old it's like, <laughs> it's like the 620 
Um, it's it works well on roads, but I know like on tracks it does that. Like it gives me like really over generous sort of like splits. So, <laughs> but it, 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 for me for me like I'm, I'm I mean I'm pretty simple with the data I like to collect. Like it you know it tells me what I need to know. It tells me you know how far I've run. It's useful on the roads for um tempos and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's good. It does the job. But I'm not I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm definitely not a watch or a tech guru. So oh, you make me feel so much better about myself. I was like, oh, I'm so not a runner anymore. I should know all this stuff. But no, thank God for that. But always a little bit the same as you. I was like, just make just keep it as simple as you can. Yeah. I always wanted. I, I wouldn't mind like if I had a watch. I wanted it to tell me the time. I wanted it to yeah. time my runs, and I wanted it to give yes. me my my kilometre yeah. splits. I think I think yeah, yeah that's how I want to time my run. I want my kilometre splits. Um, I don't want like data that's going to make me like question myself. Like I just think you know, if I've got happy mind, healthy body, loving my running, loving what I'm doing, like yeah, that's yeah, does does what I need it to. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because um, so Adam Diddy is he's the he's the I should ask him this question because I reckon he'd be good. But I remember yeah. he had a watch on a couple of years ago. Jess was over in um. London getting ready to run. Jess Tringove was getting ready to yeah. run the London Marathon, and um, uh, he was staying at my house, which was it was like this tiny little apartment. And he woke up one morning and he's like, "Yes!" And I was like, "What is it?" He's like, "I just got a sleep PB." And I was like, "Yeah, I was like, what's a sleep PB?" And it was funny because I set him up the worst bed of all time. It was like an uncomfortable stretcher. Yeah. And, uh, but it said he had like an eighty-three percent whatever recovery sleep and i was like mate i would get so competitive with myself if i had a watch that told me the quality of my sleep in a percentage i would be so frustrated if i woke up tomorrow morning and it uh especially at the moment with a baby crying in our yeah. in our house i reckon a lot of my sleep's around the 42 <laughs> percent yeah it is funny some people the runners just some of us are suckers for for the the tech side of things yeah. hey? so, a lot of runners absolutely love the absolutely love the tech i i, I mean I, I like it i i do like um you know the Garmin Connect and that it gives you like I do you know check the graphs and monitor like my monitor you know my my K's and you know the lot the overall load and things like that but but yeah I, yeah I'm probably I am more of a sort of keep it simple kind of person with the dark what, so you still whack it all up on Strava do you I don't whack it all up on Strava I actually I didn't use Strava I was a bit anti Strava till a while ago but then I thought oh, I might as well get on it and I sort of I post. I post some of my stuff on Strava, but not not everything. And the only reason I don't post everything is because it, it sounds silly, but like um, if like if I think I, I know, I think I I overthink things kind of a little bit. So if I know that like everyone can see everything that I do, then I think like I might try and do my runs faster just to impress people or like um. Like, and it's, it's not that I care that people like. Uh, I'm hoping people know exactly what I do, but it's like if I think that people. If I think what people are thinking about what I do, that sounds <laughs> so sense. Yeah, then I might change my behaviour based on what other people might think, <laughs> which yeah. is my own which is my own stupid thinking. But that's the only reason why I don't post everything on Strava. But I I do like it. I sort of post some things now and then now, and I I like seeing what other people do on there. It's 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 cool. Yeah, and I mean, if anything, you just see that you know there's a lot of different ways to train, and there's not there's not like a one a one size fits all. Like yeah. <laughs> It's so true, and I can relate to that story so much. I actually have a vivid memory of just getting back into running, and I was I was not in that good a shape. I was I was relatively fit just because I like to keep yeah. fit. But I went out and I just discovered Strava, and I was like, all right, I'll just go out. And I was I probably should have gone for a thirty minute run. I yeah. ended up going out for like a forty five yeah. or, or like a forty five minute or an hour run. But it wasn't just like a jog. 
I, I was looking at my splits. The first split was like five and a half minutes. I was like, oh, it's not too bad. I feel pretty good. And then I reckon the next split was about 4.37. And I had in my mind, I was like, oh, mate, people are going to be so impressed when they look at my Strava. Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> I remember I'm so glad I wasn't wearing a heart rate monitor because I, I got to like the last 1,500 meters of that run and I was clocking yeah. like 4.07s, but I was working so hard. <laughs> yeah. And there's all the things that, you know, Strava doesn't, doesn't tell you, you know, doesn't tell you like, you know, if you're tired going into that, like, you know, what the weather is and there's all these, all these different variables. So, I mean, I, I like it, but yeah, I use it a little bit, a little bit slow. Yeah, no, yeah. smart, smart. Um, can you believe the original question I was asking you about the structure of your training? And this is in true relaxed running style. I've gone down a rabbit hole, which yeah. is my favorite thing to do. But mm-hmm. I need to bring it back because I'm going to get in trouble from the listeners if I don't ask about, uh, like, yeah. Do you have a gym program, a strength program, or what are you doing in that department? Yeah. Um. So my my gym, I used to go like have a gym membership and go to a gym, but now I generally just do home gym. Um. Um. When I've had like specific problems, like or like when I have my rest period, I do my gym work more intensely then. So I do my gym on um my easy days. So um so Monday and Thursday, and um most of my gym work sort of is focused on areas that I've had problems with in the past and kind of general so um with um the new because I've had um I've had surgery on my left and right Achilles so um I do a lot of like calf strength work and also um my next goal race is Zatapec so um obviously with the new shoes coming in um we have to run in we have to run in all running all running spikes um which is which is which is which is which is which is fair and a good rule but um I think that um like I need I've been making sure that my calves are strong enough to handle 10 kilometers in spikes so calf work um uh last year i had um a high hamstring tendinopathy so um, i do a lot of um like hamstring and like glute strength works but it's pretty simple stuff like um, i mean the equipment that i use is um just medicine balls um like the largest swiss ball um yeah it's it's a pretty sort of general my gym program is quite general and i find years, years ago i have tried to sort of like um go heavier and higher and some people respond really well to that but for me like I find when I'm like the timing of when I go harder with my gym is quite important like when I'm at a high training load and I'm sort of doing like um you know hitting my hitting my workouts really well and doing quite high um volume work I find I have to dial down my gym work to more of a sort of a maintenance kind of thing so at the moment because my training is going great I'm racing great I'm still getting my gym work in like my at home twice a week but it's more of sort of a maintenance kind of kind of level <laughs> yeah with a focus on um calf strength and um sort of my glute hamstring and um i have and and i've had like hip issues as well so like um sort of glute hip strength <laughs> yeah oh, what's going on with your hips what was the what was the issue there um culminate so i've had like um like and last year i had a high hamstring tendinopathy and um, i've had like um sacral stress fractures before as well so just strengthening that area <laughs> It's such a brutal sport, isn't it? Like for a non-contact sport, it's so brutal. brutal. (laughs) It's absolutely brutal. Like, um, yeah. So most people who've been in sport for a long time just have, yeah, like a extensive list of injuries. It's it's absolutely brutal. And I explain what I do to people who don't run. Like, I I generally just avoid explaining it because I love the sport so much. I think I'm not going to sell it if I tell them all the problems that I've had. But then, like, despite all my problems, you know, I ran 32 minutes on the weekend. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, like, you you know, yeah, very. <laughs> the injuries are brutal, but having said that, like I feel you know happier and healthier than I've ever been. So yeah, that's so true. Hey, that's an interesting. Um, it's, I hadn't heard about the the rule that you guys were all going to be required to run in spikes at Zadapet. Was that because like the is it the the next percent or whatever? What were the shoes? Yeah, it's not necessarily in? spikes. It's um, I mean it's 
stacked. So you can wear like um like flats or waffles if they're less than. I'm I'm not a podiatrist, so don't quote me, but I think it's less than twenty or twenty five millimeters. Like like yeah yeah stack height. So. So for most, that means like most shoes, like the next percent and things that they're, they're too high, you can't run and won't be able to run them on the track under the IAAF rules. And I've, I've I've done. I mean, all my track PBs have been in like have been in spikes so far, so it shouldn't be an issue. But I think it does just make um like making sure that and for any track work, I think tracks just a bit tougher generally on your calves than um you know road or cross country. So yeah, I think a bit of calf strength is important. <laughs> yeah. And are you doing your, like, with that in mind, are you doing some of your sessions on the track in your spikes and then switch over yeah. to the spikes? Or how do you, how do you, so I've been trying that? to, um, so, um, my, one of my training partners is, um, podiat- I have a few training partners who are podiatrists, actually, Michael Nitschke and Brad White, and, um, they've sort of suggested that, um, just do like a little bit of your training each week in your spikes. So I'm sort of like, one of the sessions that I've had programmed is like, I'll do like a, I'll do like a 2K threshold and I'll do that in like flats. Then I'll change into my spikes during the session. Then I'll do like some 400s or 300s fast in my spikes. And then I'll put my flats back on and do another like 2K threshold. So I'm doing a few like shoe changes within some of my sessions so that um, I find if I do a whole session like in spikes, it's sort of too fatiguing. So I just try to do little bits of my sessions in spikes to get, get used to them. And usually I make that the faster part of my session. So if I'm doing like some, 200s 400s or 300s i'll do them in spikes and i might do a longer sort of um like threshold type run to add some volume in as well so it's like more of a 10k kind of session <laughs> yeah are you doing those around the the track at santos or is that down at the the harriers um, the, the club rooms and stuff still in the same spot I don't, yeah. I can't remember. That? is that like east parade or something i can't remember the the road it's um it's south south terrace yeah um and they've got a really good grass like 400 meter track mark there now so i'm doing some of it on the grass track there and some of it at Santos stadium and um it's also like um west terrace railway ovals are nice as well so i'm changing changing my training venues up a little bit <laughs> yeah awesome is that the so that grass track that you're talking about i remember when i was there they had that there's like a black bitumen track yeah but that, that that's gone now yeah so just just so that's where the grass track is yeah, there's two grass tracks now, though. Yeah, there's that one, which is a little bit bumpy, and there's another one which um, Pulteney Grammar, the school just across the road, is maintaining, and it's um, it's in nice condition at the moment. I, I actually wish there were – seems like there's um, it seems like there's just less, like, good grass tracks around in Adelaide at the moment, but that's one of the few good ones. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you do your you do your threshold sort of just around the parklands there. Yeah, so around the parklands on the path, and then jump on the grass. So and then jump on the grass for the actual um, like you know, four hundreds or three hundreds or faster part of my session. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it today? It's Thursday. So what did what did you have this morning? Just uh, was it like a, a easier run? Yeah, I'm recovering from long sessions, so my quads were a bit sore like after the race. I've just um done some slow jogging the last few days, and tomorrow I'll try and get my legs spinning a little bit again, but just with some easy tempo work tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then, what's on the horizon for you? In terms um, that, of, right. Zatapak's my next big goal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't officially broken 33 minutes on the track, so I want to do that. And more so, I don't even want to think about time. I just want to be competitive in the in the race. So that's a that's a big goal for me, Zatapak, in end of January this year. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Is it oh, end of December? Is it? It's, it's um the it's usually in December. Um, but it's been because of um you know the us been difficulty traveling and all that it's been rescheduled for australia day so january the 26th yeah. and it's going to be the men and women it's going to be so hot <laughs> oh, it's, be, it's, it's, it's a box hill so you'll you should come over and watch like it'll be yeah i mean stuart mcswain ran the australian record there last year and 
or most of the women who ran Launceston on the weekend, plus like a lot more are going to be racing. It's going to be really good. And Box Hill is a super fast track, so it's going to be smoking. <laughs> well, I was, I was there. Actually, you ran last year, didn't you, at the yes. box? Because I remember seeing you running around. I was like, hey, that's Tara. I think I was cheering for you, but I wouldn't have got a chance to see it. But did um, it's, I, it's better at Box Hill. I, I way prefer Box Hill. I ran my uh, 1500 PB at Box Hill track, and ever since then I've had a soft spot for it. But Albert Park, I, I'm not yeah. a fan. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I just can't get into it. It's too windy love, and it's too hit and miss. Yeah, I love the old Olympic Park. And Albert Park, like, I mean, it, it probably is, it, it, it's got better facilities in Box Hill. Box Hill's just got great atmosphere. It's slightly better, you know, it's another suburbs with a hill and it's it's got good atmosphere. Yeah, I ran my 3K PB there um, end of last year, which feels, as I say, last year feels like such a long time ago. But, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, love, I love the Box Hill track. It's fast, it's good. <laughs> I was lucky to be there last year because about four days earlier, um, my wife and I were about to we were about to fly over to Bali for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and um, yeah, we got to got to the airport, went to check in, and Jesse checked in, good to go. I checked in. She's like, "Mate, you can't fly." I was like, "Oh, what are you, what are you talking about?" It's like your passport's expired, and I was like, no. <laughs> "So I opened it, and it was so we were in December, and it expired in April 2020." Oh, and I go, what are you talking about? It's got five months. And she goes, no, no, it expires six months before the use. Yeah, day. of course. Why don't you change the use button? This is like, yeah, I had a friend who that happened to, yeah. So annoying. But anyway, I was so glad to be able to get down there and watch Big Stewie. But then I saw the other day, did Patty? I think I saw this, right? Patty Tin and broke the 10K record. Yes, yes, he did, yeah, just recently, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, he's not marketing. Really. Records, oh. are going, records are going all over the place like this year, like Australian records and international records and our South Australian state records are going as well like Izzy Baddell just ran a 5k state record the other week at our state champs <laughs> Far, what did she run she ran 15 <laughs> yeah I know and she did it all from the front like led the whole way and it was a windy night <laughs> oh my goodness yeah and that record was formerly held by um like Lisa Ondiaki and Donna Gould so these oh, are like wow yeah like big names <laughs> yeah I didn't, yeah. Realize, I didn't realize how quick she was going yeah, she's flying. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. Hey, um, are you uh, are you planning to head over to Europe next year, or, or what's the what's the go? Um, <laughs> the pl- the plan is um, as I said, like this year it was all making plans and changing plans and making new plans. So um, the plan is to get to Europe next year, but you know, wait and see. I, I can't. I mean, I, I don't know, but I can't see that. I, I'm I can't see it being easy to do until maybe the second half of next year. Perhaps once you know, a vaccine is more um widely available that sort of thing so um, first half of next year I want to do some races here within Australia so Zatapec and then um I think I want to run something at Gold Coast um Gold Coast Marathon um and then maybe beyond that yeah if if it's if we're able to then yeah I want to travel overseas and race again because I only live once running well and yeah I just yeah, want to take, take every opportunity yeah. <laughs> sorry strike while the iron's hot yeah that's it yeah strike while it's hot yeah why not and yeah I love run a marathon before I haven't run a marathon before, no. It is, it is, I do want to run a marathon, but I haven't, like, set a date on one. But, yeah, the plan is to, the plan is to move up in distance. <laughs> yeah, awesome. oh, that's exciting. I can imagine, I can imagine you being a marathon, marathon girl. You're, that, what did you say, you're 35? That's the beauty about the marathon, because how old is Sinead? She's, like, 43. You've got another 10 years in you. Yeah, and you're only 33, so. I've <laughs> <laughs> got no excuses. Yeah, Apart no. from I'm trying to get just absolutely <laughs> jacked in the gym. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm, um, like, age is like less of I mean it's not a barrier but it's like there's more like people running well at like all ages now which is really exciting 
Well, Bernard Lagat's like 104, isn't he? And he's still breaking 350 for the... He's, he's going strong. I don't know if he still is, but I saw last year, even, or the year before, he was belting out some massive... I think he's about 42 or 43 as well. Who's that? I'm sorry. Bernard Lagat? Yes, yes, Lagat, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, Abdi, 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 oh, I can't... Yeah, <laughs> he's got a bloody hard name. Yeah, Abdi, 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 he, um, like, qualified in the American trials as well. And, of course, Lisa Waitman's running fantastic. Like, yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of good people running very well, yeah, <laughs> at, awesome. at old ages. <laughs> hey, I told you an hour and we've, we've ticked over and I, I always feel bad when I go too much over because I know I'm a chatterbox, but... Um, hey, that was that was good. I'm glad. I'm glad we got a chance to lock it in. Yeah, um, so, yeah, that was, that was fun. We'll have to we'll have to touch base with you again. Uh, you know, maybe just after or some stage next year after that once you run Zadapak and you got a couple more coming on. So if you want to come back, I'd love to touch base with you and uh, and get a little update. That would be great. And yeah, thanks for all the work you do with the podcast. I've um I've listened to quite a few of them and I've been yeah I've really enjoyed listening to them. So thank you and thanks for asking to have me on. <laughs> uh, of course, I was just so glad you said yes. It's always awkward when you sneak into someone's inbox and go, "Hey, do you want to be on the podcast?" <laughs> I always wait for the message back. Oh, mate, piss off! I'm not interested. But, uh, I feel like this is trying to see. You've had some really big names in your podcast as well, too. So that's very cool. That's right. Yeah. So I, I can go in now with a little bit of swagger. I can go, hey, do you want to be a guest on my podcast? Yeah. Always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome, Tara. Well, hey, thanks again. And um, good luck. Congratulations at Launceston. And uh, as I said, touch base again real soon. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm.